Andrew Pollard is a central figure in the quest for a vaccine against COVID-19. He's Professor of Pediatric Infection and Immunity and Director of the Oxford Vaccine Group. He is Fellow of St. Cross College, Oxford, a mountain climber of some note, having scaled three of the major peaks in the Himalayas. Andrew, thank you for coming today to speak on St. Cross College Shorts. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me, Stanley. It's been a very memorable year in so many ways. Can you remember your everyday research life within the university before COVID-19? It's actually very hard to think of anything else other than uh, what's going to happen today. Uh, So it's very difficult to think back to that period uh, when life was normal, where my normal day was working in the children's hospital as a paediatrician, where I lead the infectious disease service. So we look after children with infections in the hospital and then cycling from there over to the vaccine centre where um, I work on vaccine development for new vaccines for children and spend a lot of time travelling around the world to our various uh, research sites, particularly in South Asia. All of that has completely stopped over the past year to focus completely on this uh, virus, which has really been messing our lives up for the last 12 months. How much of a crunching of gears was the shift to full-on COVID-19 work when it happened? It's a a crunching of gears in many ways because it's, first of all, a change in direction. But then also it's completely changed the nature of the day, which has been so intense and for such long periods. But of course, like everyone else, a lot of that actually means sitting in front of a computer screen looking at two-dimensional people uh, rather than uh, the normal world I like, which is seeing real people in three dimensions. I started the pandemic as vice master of St. Cross, and I feel I made very little contribution to that role during 2020 and uh, finished my term at the start of 2021 and so have handed that um, on to Kevin Marsh, who's ably taken the reins. So how did the COVID-19 work unfold? I think if you think back to January, there was still a lot of uncertainty about whether this virus was going to actually be a big player. But by February, it had become very apparent to at least those of us in the the scientific community that this pandemic was going to have the most enormous impact on humanity. And of course, now looking back today, we can see exactly how disastrous that's been for human health, for the huge death rate that it's caused around the world. But the knock-on impacts on economies, on education of children, that those um, problems are going to be things which we are going to continue to face beyond controlling the virus to actually uh, come out of this back to some form of normality is going to take many, many years. So what have been the principal challenges for you and your group? Well, I think we've had to initially try to work out a completely different way of working. Uh, We really were getting underway at a point where lockdown was just about to happen. There were supply chains of all of the equipment and that we needed for for running clinical trials wasn't available. And, you know, we spent uh, many hours on phone calls to try and find thermometers, which suddenly became not available anywhere in Europe. So, so many challenges in supplies. Um, that were logistical constraints. We also had to learn how to run clinics in social distancing, which hadn't been invented at the point where we were getting underway. So I think there were lots of new things which we hadn't experienced before. On the other hand, things like uh, recruitment into trials. We opened our 
website to ask for volunteers and within a matter of hours we had had 10,000 people wanting to take part in the trial so other things have been much easier than they are in normal times but day to day for the group it's been the most intense period of, of work seven days a week for the whole year just to try to bring us to the point that we're at. Has it helped you mentally and physically being a mountain climber? Well, I think uh, one thing from particularly climbing big mountains is that you have to work as a team. And so that teamwork is absolutely critical. And, and in fact, in research and collaborative research that I do anyway, being able to work a, across institutions and with different um, teams of people is, is really important. I think the other thing which in, in any pressured situation, particularly where we are, where it, the pressure just doesn't go away day to day, is the stamina and the persistence that you need to keep going. And, and that's been something which I, I think has been critical for so many of us here. And, and I, I have to say that the, the pressures mentally on people during this last year have been intense. What have been the key milestones for you and your group? Can you recall some specific events? Well, I think uh, perhaps uh, really getting the first doses of vaccine into people back on the 23rd of April last year was a major milestone, a huge, huge effort to get to the point where that uh, that started. And then I, I think just a couple of months later, getting trials um, initiated in Brazil and South Africa uh, so that we could move to the large scale evaluation of the vaccine to find out whether it really worked or not was incredibly important. Perhaps the next big milestone was the first time we got to look at the data, which was towards the end of November, and to see that the vaccine actually worked. Uh, but of course, the really important next milestone was to get the regulators to review all the data and get approval, which happened at, at the end of January. But for me, in many ways, the most important moment was just a few weeks ago when our vaccine, following approval from the World Health Organization, started landing in low-income countries all over the world. The Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine is a vaccine for the world. How does the vaccine work? Well, the vaccine actually works in, in the same way as all other vaccines, in, in that they are focused on a protein which decorates the service of coronavirus called spike protein. And that protein is made in our bodies so that we can make an immune response that fights it. By vaccinating people, their immune system remembers that it's met spike protein before. So that if we do get exposed to the disease, our bodies are able to remember that previous exposure and to stop the infection in its tracks. What makes it a vaccine for the world? Well, the key thing for it to be available everywhere has been that it's not for profit and that it can be transported at fridge temperatures using the normal chain of cold that is developed for vaccines normally. And because there's been a large amount of donation from AstraZeneca to a COVAX facility, which distributes vaccines um, to all low-income countries. But it's, it's not for profit in all countries. It's not just through COVAX. That's also for rich countries to try and make sure they're accessible everywhere. The whole point of the partnership with AstraZeneca is you need a, a global pharmaceutical company to do that. And those logistics are just astonishingly difficult. But I have had the great privilege to be involved in the, the local vaccination centre I'm here in Oxford at the Kassam football stadium and to see the amazing efforts of, of the rollout. And I, I think also to, to see members of the public coming forward with tears in their eyes and uh, with the hope uh, that having a vaccine gives to all of us to uh, start protection against this fearful disease. 
Well, I'm very pleased to have had my first vaccine, Andrew, but I guess the story doesn't end there. Well, we've, we've still got a long way to go. I mean, the UK is doing incredibly well in providing uh, vaccinations and walking down the ages as we are at the moment. But there are 7 billion people on the planet and there's not nearly enough doses of vaccines to go around. And one company, one development can't do all of that. So we've really got to continue um, the work with other uh, vaccine developers to make sure that uh, we've got enough doses for everyone who needs it. Can I ask one further question? Can you see your work staying on firmly on COVID-19 into the foreseeable future or is there something else on the horizon? Uh, well, I, I certainly hope that COVID can get behind us before too long. But there are important questions still to address. We, we're working in a number of countries to look at the impact of the vaccines against the new variants. I think we're reasonably confident there's going to be a substantial impact still against severe disease and death um, caused by new variants. There is some concern that new variants will still able to escape some immunity and be able to transmit, even if they don't cause such severe disease. And so we are making updated vaccines as well. They're, they're going to need testing, fortunately, much smaller scale than, than last year. So there, there's certainly many months of work still to go. Andrew Pollard, thank you for speaking on some cross-college shorts. Great pleasure. Thank you for inviting me.